Welcome back, everybody. This is Rad Talk with Tracy, the podcast, and I'm your host, Tracy Poffenroth Prado. But today is Rad Coffee Talk, and I'm going to be talking with two of my very good friends and Rad Mums and Rad Change Makers, Chris Prangy Morgan and Heather House. Each month we're going to get together and we're just going to choose a topic, something that we all experience as Rad Parents and have a casual conversation about it. So come and join us. We're glad you're here and come be part of the conversation. Okay, hey, we're recording. Leave the meeting. <laughs> <laughs> Should I have headphones or something? No, you sound fine. No. Okay. I don't have headphones. headphones. I do. Okay. I only have mine on because I'm upstairs where, the, where Liberty sleeps, so. I just didn't think she needed to hear everything. She can just hear my voice. So we didn't really pick a topic. We just figured we would chat. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> That's fine. There are so many, there are so many places we could go. I know. I know. Did you want to go to the anger? <laughs> Should we just we go straight to the ugly? Start with anger. <laughs> we can't. And I was going to, there was one thing I was going to share. That was, this was my funny tidbit. So. We move across the country and our older children are not with us. Okay. So now I have my two adopted children, one with rad, one with pseudo, pseudo rad. I'm calling it because I like that she had all the rad behaviors, but we were right. all she knew. So <clears throat> I've learned it's called something else now, but whatever. So I'll never forget. We go somewhere and at the first house we lived in, I didn't let anybody over. I didn't give any friends. I, you know, my kid was still at the height of his radness and I just couldn't have that in the house. So fine. <clears throat> he goes away and he gets treatment and he comes home and we moved. And I remember thinking he would do something. And I'm like, this isn't my best specimen. Like, please don't judge me as a parent based on this kid. Like, let me show you my other specimens. <laughs> That's not my sample. That is not my sample. <laughs> not yeah. my best sample. You know, yeah. and I just remember thinking that like, they would do stuff and I'd be like, not knowing anybody. So they, they don't know us. I mean, and when you, we moved, there was, <clears throat> there was no indication there were some more children in my life. So all these people across the country that I'd never met just thought I had two kids. And I'm like, <laughs> right. this is like, yeah. And I'm like a chill mom anyway. And so then to have a four or five year old and be like, yeah, so she's eating dirt. Well, don't do that. That's <laughs> gross. And you know, right. Because, and I'm old. She's old enough to be my grandchild. So I'd hang out with these moms with kids that age and they're all freaking out about germs, which is fine. I'm not, you know, but I'm like, is she yeah. breathing? Great. We're good. It's a good day. I kept her alive. Like, that's it. Yeah. The standards change. It's the so standards good. change. Yeah. 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 That but makes me. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. That's just going to say it kind of all loops in there because you definitely you're angry that you cannot be the person that's inside you. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. And it's, it's extra hard when you're living in a community where like you feel like there's all these, well, when I used to live in a suburb, there was this perfection expectation, like, you know, the minivan and the swing set, the wooden swing set and you know, like all the cool things because yeah. everyone <clears throat> looked at you and you were like, oh, that, that makes a good mom. And, but yeah, we did the same thing. In fact, we would make our son, um, 
you know, you're, you're grasping at straws, like whatever works. Right. And he'd come home and have a really bad day at school. And so his, his, um, consequence was that he had to run around the house we would, because he had all this energy. We would be like, all right, 10 times around the house. And he would be crying. And he had this like, really, he, his coordination was off. So he kind of like ran with his arms, like flailing out to the side, <laughs> and he'd, like run around the house and the neighbors were, <laughs> the neighbors got it. And they were like, what did, what did our son do today? You know, and it took a while for them to get it, but I always thought I was getting judged. And yeah, I think, I think his colors showed later, but, um, but yeah, man, it's hard to be a mom anyway, especially with rad kids. It's very hard. And you're lucky your neighbor <laughs> caught on because, so we were going to start this out with a story that I had, but I'm not going to go that path, but um <clears throat> But it makes me think of that, like we live in a small town and, you know, our kids are out there and everybody knows everybody to a certain degree. So part of the story was my son plays a sport and there's somebody there, a parent of another child that when things were kind of hitting the fan with our daughter, they were part of that from um, like... Uh, law enforcement side of things. <laughs> I'm trying to be very <laughs> objective here um, because again, it's a small town. I feel like I need to whisper. Um, <laughs> but uh, right outside of your windows, right? Right, <laughs> it could be right outside my window. <laughs> but the thing is, and it's kind of combined about what both of you were saying is, you know, we go to these events, and I, you know. I think we become hyper vigilant too as parents, right? About feeling judged. And um, and I know that there is some judgment, but there are people who after that happened, they don't know the story of our family. They don't know it's rad. And I don't even know if given the opportunity, they would understand it. And so it's very uncomfortable going to these events. But because I know there probably is some judgment, you know that, and you see it, but then there's other times like what you're saying, Chris is, yeah, I think it's my stuff too, feeling, feeling like people are, are judging you. Um, Yeah. So that's hard. And it's really, I noticed speaking of that, there was my oldest son. I mean, we have a rat, we had a child with rat at the time, but we didn't know it was rat. And so my oldest son played rugby And one day I hear from like, I don't know, a coach or something that one of the kids got kicked out of his house. He turned 18 and he got kicked out of his house. What do you do? Oh my gosh, that's terrible. What do you mean? What did you, you know, first I'm like, what did he do? And <clears throat> the sob story around the neighborhood or the community is, you know, mom just kicked him out, this and that. So, right. oh, he, he couldn't stay with us, but he could come to Easter or whatever. And I just remember sitting there at Easter dinner and he is making a comment about someone's manners that was something like the way they were holding their knife when they, or their fork, when they were cutting something, you know, how you kind of grip it. Yeah. And it was like something about that, like that was not good manners or something. I don't know. But anyway, I just remember thinking, okay, that was really weird, buddy. Like you should be glad someone brought you to their house, you know, but whatever. And then I ever had him. And then I'm, then we get the grand diagnosis and I learn about it. And I'm like, I got to find my kid's mom. I'm sorry that I asked her why she kicked him out. I know why she kicked him out. And he was also a child with Brad. I learned later. And I was like, oh. I felt so bad because now I get it. Like now you get it. Yeah, now I get it. You got to yeah. go, dude. Sorry. I mean, yeah. 
you know, know. good for her that she had the guts to do it because he was still in high school and she just put on her little blinders or whatever. I'm sure her heart was breaking, but yeah, yeah. I remember thinking, I mean, there's a couple of families that one family, really good friends. And I remember saying to the mom, just bring her to my house. She doesn't act that way at my house. (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. And thank God we've been friends since my oldest. We've been friends for 25 years. So I will say to her, Oh, remember when I said that? I'm really sorry, 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 sorry. Like, Horrible. I like, know you don't, don't know. Worry. But she, they knew there was a diagnosis and I didn't know that. It, nobody ever said the word. We, if you'd have told me and I could have looked it up, I would have, I think back and I'm like, gosh, if you would have shared that, I think that they didn't, <clears throat> they didn't share the diagnosis because I think they wanted, you know, you don't want your kids stigmatized. You don't want them this, you don't want them that. So I think that they thought that was probably not, a thing at her age at that time. And so they never brought it up. And I think they just forgot about it, but and, until later when it's beating down their door. Right. But I just remember, like, I think back and I think if you would have shared that, I could have looked because, because we were close enough that I would have looked into it and I could have been like the greatest respite person. Cause I don't have a problem if a kid doesn't like me, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, Oh, you should have shared, you know? So it's kind of a catch 22 because you don't want to share your dirt, but then who knows who you're coming in contact with that you could be helped by. Right. That's true. Well, and then if you're, if you're anything like me, I'm always thinking about like the people that are thinking, um, well, you don't want to set your kid up for uh, having people think negatively about them, or, you know, you don't want to, um, like you said, air your dirty, dirty laundry, but it's not just the dirty laundry, but you don't want to, um, you don't want to like gossip or say bad things about your child. Like you have this personal thing about them because it feels like people like, like I've had family members say, well, it sounds like you just don't like your child. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like, you know, like you take it personally, like if there's, if you're just trying harder, you could really like, you could really like him, but no, because all day, every day, they're trying to make you not like them because that's how they roll. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember, I mean, I think back and yes, I was blessed to have biological children before I had adopted children because I know it's okay that my kid doesn't like me or that I don't like them that day. I mean, I don't have to like them every day. And I, you know, so, but, so that was good because it was like, but, but I just didn't want to say like, I didn't like my kid, you know, you don't even want to say that. And then it's one thing to say it like, oh, that kid is driving me crazy when he's your biological child. But then when you say it about an adopted child, it's yeah. like this horrible thing, you know, and it's like, you asked for it, you adopted, nobody asked for this. Nobody asked for this. The kids yeah. included did not ask for this. I mean, geez, like if he knew, you know, yeah. so I always, I always hated that. Like, well, you asked for it. No, I didn't. Nobody yeah. said this was my life. Yeah. Right. I yeah. I mean, that, of, oh, sorry. Oh, go no, what were you going to say, Tracy? I was just going to say, I used to do that to myself, not say you asked for it, but you I wanted these to, kids. Yeah. I, I signed up for this. That was my famous phrase. Like you signed up for this. You're the adult. So you need to figure this out. You know, yeah. I just thought that, that responsibility 
Um, but it's more responsibility. We didn't know that we even were dealing with reactive attachment disorder. So, you know, we were trying all the things, but I remember just being so confused why it didn't work, but still feeling like I have to be the answer. Like I have to figure this out. I'm the mom. We're the parents. Um, yeah. And I signed up for this. Yeah. Well, and you know, it took me a long time to realize the whole attachment cycle is a two-way street and not that I'm taking on like the, the blame because clearly there's nothing we can do to make our kids attached to us. Right. But, you know, I could at least cut myself some slack for not liking my child because I know this is how they roll. And I, and people don't understand it if, if they have biological children, because the the kids aren't wired to push them away at every turn. And I mean, there have been times, you know, specifically within the last, you know, handful of years, like, I mean, it's been, you know, my daughter, my son's 15, my daughter's 17 or going to be 17. And even with my daughter, who's securely attached, I think to myself, this feels, I'm sure this feels different than a biological family. I mean, and it's not like to throw the word real out there, you know, like, are you a real yeah, family? Yeah. I mean, it's real, but it's real in a different way where like, um, I wish, I wish somebody would have told us early on that you may never feel like you're parenting a child in the way that you thought you would be able to parent your children. Because I, there's that sense of guilt that you always have, like, oh, like, I wish I'd be, you know, like all this, I wish, I wish, I wish. And it's just never there. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I like what you said about the two ways because yeah, our kids don't attach to us. And then in turn, we don't attach either. Right. right. And so it's two-sided in that sense. And that's where maybe you can let some of that guilt go is it's just not a fit. Right. And how are you going to have feelings about somebody who doesn't have feelings about you I mean, I do know that's possible, but you know what I'm saying, right? Like then that's okay to not, it, it just isn't there. And it's okay right. to love them as a person and not, you know, like somebody told me, you know, like you have two ways, like you love your parents out of duty or respect. And sometimes it's okay to love that kid out of duty mm-hmm. because that's what you're doing. And loving them doesn't have to be attached and all warm and fuzzy sometimes loving them is just making sure they're safe right and making sure they're okay and 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 that's it I mean I kind of liken it Chris this will talk speak your alley speak your your language but it's like the fit of a prosthetic leg (laughs) I know it totally (laughs) it totally is it's a leg. It's supposed to be that way under your pants. No one can tell that you have only a partial, you know, one whole natural human leg. And then it's this prosthetic, mm-hmm. but it's just not the same. It's like, it's almost the same. It's just not the same. You know, That's a really, yeah, that is a really good, I'm glad you brought up that analogy because um, yeah. I brought that up in this, this book that I'm, I've been writing. Um, and I actually refer to it from the kid's perspective of like phantom pain and yeah. like, you know, like I don't struggle with phantom pain being an amputee, but other people do. And, um, and I know it's that, I, that, you know, belief 
or it's not really a belief, but it's the feeling that you still have that leg and you still like, or whatever appendage <laughs> and, yeah. and then it's gone. <laughs> and I think our kids kind of have the same thing. Yeah. It's like that longing that, you know, is always part of them and they always, always. know there's something missing no matter yeah. what you try to do. Like, yeah, I'll walk around and I'm like, darn it. I wish I could get up on my toe and I just can't, <laughs> and I'm never going to be able to get on my toe. And you know, like I'm thinking my kids, like they're probably thinking there's something missing, you know, from deep down. My daughter though, who's smart will comment like, and she's starting to look into colleges and where we have all these questions about, you know, if she gets, goes far away, she's going to end up with, you know, some, I mean, she has some residual like um, anxiety and depression kind of stuff. So I want, I worry, you know, because yeah. I, I do care and I want her to do well, but she made a comment like, mom, um, you know, I think it's different because I spent two years in an orphanage and so I'm fine kind of being alone. So I'm just like, wait a minute, how can you be fine? Cause you know, it's all these things that you don't know cause you didn't live it. Right. Right. And, and that's how they survived learning to be okay alone or whatever. And it's like the one thing that allowed them to be resilient is the thing that can just wreck their lives. Yeah. Like it's such a double-edged sword. It's like, it's it really kind of crazy. Yeah. 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 And the, and the idea that, you know, relationships can kind of be a handicapping condition because mm-hmm. um, with both of my kids, like it doesn't, things don't come naturally. Like, you know, that love, those feelings of love and being able to be vulnerable with people. Like, um, well, I mean, people struggle with that anyway, but my, my kids are like my son, especially he'll even articulate. Well, it's nothing they learned. It's nothing they learned. I mean, you think about childhood, you know, child development, you have this baby and they're connected to you and you're looking at their eyes and da 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 you know, that gives them this securely <laughs> attached cycle, you know, yeah. blah, 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 blah. but even as they're growing, like <clears throat> I was talking to a lady and she said her daughter wrote her, thanked her, she's at a boarding school, thanked her for her Christmas presents and signed it, you know, I love you. And she's like, I just can't believe she wrote that. And I said, okay, she's, she's younger than, I mean, she's not, I think she might be eight or nine now, but I said, remember when they're toddlers and we tell them you hurt so-and-so's feelings, you need to go say you're sorry. They didn't feel sorry. They didn't know what that was. They didn't know to go do those things. And we continue to tell them, say you're sorry until those two things connect and they realize, oh, this We lost her. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Just when it was getting good. I know. <laughs> Do you think it's just a temporary um, little glitch? So she'll probably pop out and come back on. She's not going to be happy <laughs> at the way her face froze. Oh, there, there we go. go. <laughs> you guys are frozen too. I don't even know. <laughs> Did we freeze you? You froze and I was still animated. Now I'm freezing again. It says my uh, internet is unstable, but I'm like, it can't be unstable. Anyway. It's been good on my end so far, but keep going. Okay. Keep going. I don't even know where I was talking, okay. but. The lady that you, oh, her daughter wrote yeah. for. But we teach the kids as toddlers, say you're sorry, you know, say please, say thank you. They don't know that. And that's a whole thing that we don't connect when we're getting, like, I shouldn't have to tell a six-year-old to say he's sorry when he was rude. Well, he was in this abusive home. Nobody said they were sorry to him. Yeah. You know, he just never learned that. And so it's like, oh, 
okay, but it's hard. It's very hard to, to think about trying to teach them that and teach them sympathy and empathy. And sometimes you just can't. I was just going to say, that's the problem that happens is even when you do try and teach it, it doesn't always connect, right? No. That's that. I think the biggest thing I ever shared with my son, with anybody was I used to just, by the time I figured it out, I just said, he has a traumatic brain injury. People just get it when you say that, because let's be, a traumatic brain injury is where your brain doesn't work the way it used to. Yeah. Don't work the way it's neurotypically supposed to. So neither do their heads, neither do their brains. And so yeah. that's what layman's, you know, that's just for the general population. I would just say he has a traumatic brain injury. Yeah. And I used to think, God, you're so dramatic. And then I'm like, but really, in all honesty, it is. Yeah, it is. It is. And then is you're trying to present it in a way that other people understand. And then you yeah. avoid a lot of the other stuff we have to yeah. deal with. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because we can all, you know, like we're going through this. We know orphanages or foster care or whatever. They were removed for neglect or in an orphanage. Maybe they were never, I mean, they were provided for and that's it. They didn't have parents that were <clears throat> abusing them, but they didn't have parents that were connecting with them. And then we can understand that, like we can empathize. Wow, that must have been really bad. Or I could look at my son's history and think that is jacked up life that child led like but you cannot fathom it you cannot simply you just can't feel it because you didn't live it so I could tell people you have this you know horrible neglectful abusive life and people go wow that's really too bad but you don't it doesn't click right. it doesn't click you know it's like I can tell you it must be terrible to go through chemotherapy I think that would be I've never felt it Mm-hmm. I can imagine that it's terrible. I've had people tell me that it's terrible. I see that it's not fun, but I've never felt it, you know? So yeah. I can empathize, but I can't sympathize. I just can't feel the same thing you do, but I had to just change the, fr- the phrase because the wording, because I needed people to know he's messed up, but not in like a way that he can help. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, I, I hear you. I, I think about that a lot. Like, and, and the very few times that I feel like I do get, have some empathy when I'm not so pissed off at my kid. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like I do try to put my, wrap my head around laying in a, in a crib in the orphanage and being forgotten and laying in, you know, your excrement and, you know, not being fed, you know, when you're hungry and all that stuff. And really my son was waiting to die, you know, like, I mean, I remember that that um, documentary about the dying rooms, you know, the woman took a camera into China and watching that and having one of our therapists tell us that they thought our son was in one of those. And sometimes when I see his behavior or like I witness the stuff that he does, I think about like, okay, so this kid, we we kind of, he was waiting to die, probably hoping to die. Mm. And we came along and we like, you know, said, not today you know, you're going to, you're going to do, you're going to live this life. And he's like, screw you. No way. Yeah. Like, you know, I've, I've been screwed over. And, you know, like I think about PTSD, like, you know, people who come back from war yeah. and they're just changed, like yeah. at, at their core, they're just like, you know, I don't know if life is worth living and you know, what's it like for a, for an infant, you know? Well, and you just said something interesting is, and what I took from it was, um, 
you know, when you're describing your son, he's almost preparing for something different, like preparing to die, which sounds terrible. But in that preparation, you do start to feel a sense of readiness or at least strength and comfort in that, even though that's an awful outcome. But, and like you say, then, you know, somebody takes you into this new situation and you've been preparing yourself and almost ready for it. Or I don't know if ready is the right word, but prepared, expecting it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then to be pulled out, you've, that's a whole game change brain, everything, you know, and you've got no control. I know it's okay. And that's why control is such a big deal for them. Yeah. 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 And even though we know that he's in a better place, he's in America, he's yeah. in a better place, he's in a, you know, a, a good home. You took away all he knew. Yeah. You ruined it in his deep brain. You ruined his life. This was his path. I'm preparing to die. And I'm not saying you ruined his life. You know what I mean. But yeah. <laughs> there, well, if you'd ask him. But I even look at like, my son's life or anyone's life. You they live in this. It's like if you were born into a crack house and they took you to a calm place, that isn't good. This isn't right. This doesn't feel right. It's like, that's not okay. You want to go back to the way it used to be. You cannot function properly in this calm environment. Yeah. And I know it seems weird, but it's like just one day we're going to drop you off in, you know, England and you figure out how to actually drop you up somewhere they don't even speak English, you know, and you drive on the other side of the road and we don't have modern conveniences, a third world country. And you just think, I got to go back home. I got to get out of this. I got to get out of this. And I think even if you had to stay there for the rest of your life, there'd be a little longing for what you used to have. Yeah. Even in his case, in our children's case, even if it wasn't good. Yeah. It was yeah. still all you knew. It's oh, all, you know. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I had think, a hard time I can't remember what one of you were saying, but about the, like you go back and revisit and try and remind yourself of the, the, what your child must've gone through. And, you know, I, I feel like I have much more compassion now. I was, but I, I had a hard time with that. I could not find my compassion in the worst of it. Um, not that I didn't have moments of it. Not that I didn't have compassion. I'm sounding horrible right now, but I think people listening will get it. But I had a really hard time going there because I was, it was just so hard. And, you know, like we were talking about, you're just, it's coming at you every day, every moment, every second. Um, it's personal. It's personal and yeah. you're targeted and you're beat down. And I just, and even though I would even have those moments of compassion, I just couldn't utilize it. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything with it. Yeah. Well, and didn't you, don't you find that, at least in my case, I had to learn how to direct that compassion toward myself because, like, it, it, I had to I had to say, you know, this is kind of abuse. I mean, it feels like it's an abusive relationship, and it feels like someone it like in a was an arranged marriage, <laughs> only with a child, and someone <laughs> in a. <laughs> well, that sounds really bad, but you know what I mean. Yeah, it was an arranged situation. And someone knew what they were getting you into, but they didn't tell you. It's like they were playing a game of, of poker and they were holding the cards and like, you got screwed in a way. Yeah, 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 100%, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so like, I, I have to say that, you know, we got to a point where in my mind, I knew we had to get our, our son until he was like 12 or 13 because there was so much we needed to like be hands-on with. 
And I was like, okay, when we can get to this point, I'm going to back off because I need to back off. I want to make sure he's going to make sure he's safe. I'm going to make sure that he's got his needs met. Um, But, you know, I mean, gosh, so much has suffered. I mean, our marriage has suffered. His sister, um, you know, like she's already saying, oh, I only have a year and a half before I go to college, you know. And, and don't get me wrong, he's made progress. He's made some really awesome progress. I mean, he, he wouldn't be here, but um, but it's, it's uh, you know, it's one of those situations that I question like every day. Like, <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? It's like, you yeah. just, you wonder like, okay, if we wouldn't have made this decision, we'd have a lot more money. Uh, you know what I mean? We yeah. would, um, there, I, I wouldn't have aged 20 yeah. years. You know, like I, I'd look in the mirror and I'd probably look a lot happier. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say that. I just felt like this blah person. Like I felt mm-hmm. like I, and that's probably low level depression. There's probably a diagnosis for it that I'm just not like willing to deal with. But yeah, I just, and I, or I didn't know that that's what it was, but I just remember having, you know, convert, I used to be really animated and laugh and, you know, talk with friends and have these great conversations. And I just felt like a robot, just this, you know, monotone, barely any uh, facial expression, just exhausted. I couldn't even keep up a jovial conversation. That was too much effort. And I remember in my head, even thinking like, you are so boring right now. Like, you know, this is so blah, like this person, why are they you know, you are not contributing to this conversation. This person must be, but they hung, you know, they stuck around, but um, yeah, that was the worst. Just how much of, of yourself you, it just you depleted, right? Yeah. And I think we live at such a high level of adrenaline and angst, angst that you just don't have time for those little trip. I am so sorry that you got a call that your kid got in trouble at school. Uh, is he dead? Did he kill anyone? Hey, yeah, like right. And, and they had to have a knife to school. Did they? Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Does he have to come home? Like, you know, right. are you getting kicked out? You know. And I, I remember a friend saying to me, "It doesn't matter. It everyone's stress or everyone's you know pain is their pain. Everyone's stress is right. their stress, whatever level it is." And I'm like, okay, well. It's like, I just couldn't find compassion in the little things in life. Like I am, sur- I am fighting for my freaking life every yeah. single day. Yeah. I'm sorry that your car broke down today. Like, it just like, it was just crazy. And, yeah. and looking back though, I had a, a friend ask me recently, I say a friend, it was a mom I was working with, but I just like love these people that I work with so that I just like, they're my friends. And she's like, how do you get over it? How do you forgive? And I'm like, you know, what's weird is I'm going to say in the last month and a half, forgive what, forgive yourself, forgive, forgive all of the situation, like all of it. Like I was so angry at the woman who wanted to adopt our son first and she bailed and, and I was so angry for years. Like if she wouldn't have done this, this, you know, we wouldn't be here. And then I had to get to the grief, like the process of you chose like you said you would do this like you could have backed out but I couldn't that's not who I am I committed to this I'm gonna see it through you know and and then it's like okay then you have this he tried to kill you in a swimming pool and now I mean I didn't lose my leg so 
again. (laughs) But there's that level of, I am a short person and I love heels. And I had the cutest heels, all kinds of high heels, six inch heels, wedges, stilettos, you name it. And they don't fit the same way. They don't feel the same. I'm not the same. It's minor. It's really minor in the big, you know, it's like third world. I mean, it's like first world problems, right? But I just remember like, can't even wear those now. You know, that, that whole, like you're saying, like there's this constant reminder. And so she asked me like something like, how did you get over it? And I said, well, the irony is, and I think for me, it's because he doesn't live at home anymore. For sure. Even when, I mean, even when he was gone, but like living with his brother and then came home, there was still that, that moment, everything would make me angry. And I just remember thinking the therapist said, when I was like, he said he tried to kill me. See, I'm like wanting everyone to hear that because I'm not crazy. He did try to kill me. And she was like, that's a 16 year old brain making sense of when it's 40 year old brain. I'm like, I don't really care what it is. I don't care if it's dissociation or whatever. I don't care. I need somebody to know I'm not crazy. This happened. And look at like, look at all this, you know? And now it's like, I've gotten to the point where I know it wasn't me. It, it could have been either one of you in the swimming pool with him that day when he freaked out and he went somewhere else. It, he just had, it was fight or flight. It was the best survival of the fittest. And it had nothing to do with me. It had nothing to do with Heather. It had everything to do with the person in the pool with him at that moment. And I was like, okay, I get that. Which was easy then to like release that, you know, but I'm sitting here watching and good Lord, if he listens to this podcast, he'll probably kill me, but I'm like watching him literally rad his father to death. And my husband's like, I don't even know why I bothered. And I said, he's just ratting you. Like I'm on the outside looking in now. I'm like, I'm just going to sit here and armchair quarterback this one. You know, like He's just ratting you. Like you've got to quit caring so much when you understand that it's a goods and services relationship and he's not gotten past that completely that you may offer advice but you are literally wasting your breath so you've got to stop caring so much right so easy to say and it is this I think that's the secret sauce and I don't you know and not that you don't care but we know what we mean right but you've got to separate yourself disengage in mm-hmm. order to survive but that is a once you get there that's the magic but how uh, you yep. get there ugh, I, right? I, I said I said the other day I said I don't know what I said because I just had a brain brain join one of our support groups today at radtalkwithtracy.com support I know you might be feeling unsure about joining a support group. You might feel intimidated or you just don't know what to expect. We get it. We know exactly how you feel. And I'm here to tell you that joining a support group is one of the most amazing things that you can do. And I promise you won't regret it. It's a place where you can talk with other rad parents who get exactly what you're going through. And not only do they offer support, but a lot of great ideas. And we even do a lot of laughing too. So please join us. We would love to see you there. Radtalkwithtracy.com slash support. Hi, I'm Yeah. Okay. It was like, not care. Oh, I said, you put, it came up 
I'm tired of every moment of my life being a teaching moment. Why does everything have yeah. to be a teaching moment? And because as parents, we don't, we want them to have consequences, but not severe consequences. Right. Like we need to, this kid isn't going to learn until he is banging his head against the wall. Like I just know this. Yeah. So I am sitting back and watching this happen and I love him. And he called me and he's devastated and this is happening and blah, blah, blah. And I said, do you want help? Do you want to vent? Do you need to talk it out? Do you want advice? What can I, you know, I listen. Oh, I don't know. I said, okay, well, I'm going to give you my perspective. Maybe if you weren't trying so hard to do this thing, this wouldn't have happened. It didn't work out for you, but that's all we can do is learn. No one's dead. That's my comment. No one's dead. We can only learn, you know, and we, there are consequences to everything we do, good and bad, making a choice, not making a choice is a choice, mm-hmm. right? you know, and the next day I just said, Hey, you know, I know it was a rough day yesterday. Last night was a rough night. You have to make the choice to make the change. That's his motto. I said, you've done hard things before. It's all growing pains. And even in the recent, one of the blogs, we, Landon and I were quoted saying some miraculous thing that really, I'm going to be honest with you, what I said was like 5,000 words long and Landon is a very succinct speaker. (laughs) And so he chopped it down for us, for me. And it's basically, you just have to celebrate the tiny little successes and not look like, I can't look at the big picture. I'm just going to celebrate that he went to work today. He fixed his car today, you know, because the little things will build and the more successes that we can celebrate, then you feel better. And so we got to remember that when he said the day he got his license, he never thought he'd see that day. And I was like, dude, what do you mean? Like, and it was just one of those things like you, if you can't envision yourself doing something and being successful, like that was really eye opening to me that you never thought you would be able to do something that just seems like natural. And it really was more about being successful. And I thought, okay, I got to point out successes because those are going to build in the, you know, the more people, Oh, your hair looks cute today. Your hair looks cute today. And then pretty soon you're like, my hair looks cute today. You know, but if it's like, what'd you do to your hair today? Like everybody tells you that you're really like, "Mm," and you shrink down, you know? And so I thought, well, I'll just do my best. It doesn't mean I'm perfect. I still, you know, I still have those moments when I like, don't say anything. Don't say anything. I love it when I'm like, don't, don't comment. Don't come. And I throw it all away and I comment. Yeah. But it's even in the, in the commenting, in the parenting moments, I'm giving this advice and they're shaking their head. Yes. They hear you, blah, blah, blah. And that you and I have a relationship. Like you're listening and you're shaking your head. Yes. You're in agreement with me. This is what you're going to do. That is not what that looks like from a rad child. You know what that makes me think of is I lived next door to these two neighbors and they were so great. One was just really flamboyant and hysterical. He was a party guy. And they would go camping all the time and he had an argument with his partner and he's kind of sassy. So his partner was really angry and, you know, trying to be heard (laughs) and his, uh, his partner said that he said, I'm listening, but I can't hear you. (laughs) So that's what that made me think of is I'm listening, but I can't hear you. Yeah. I love it. Right. It's good. That's a great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I've heard about this technique that, um, they call it the gray rock technique where um, you don't let things get in. And like, if your kid is, you know, doing whatever, like, you know, you just got to sort of like toe the line and like not like make it an emotional endeavor because as soon as that emotion gets hooked, that's kind of what they're looking for. So that's the fuel. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. So to go, I mean, I've done this with some of my other family members too, that tend to be a little dramatic. Um, <laughs> you know, you just kind of, you're like, oh, that's too bad. And you just like, let it go. Like you don't even allow it to go up into your head. And um, like for me, for a long time, I'd be like, oh, he's like sabotaging and he's doing this and he's doing that. And he's, you know, and I'd be off to the races with all the what ifs. Now I'm just like, oh, oh, well, you know, that's unfortunate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Is anybody dead? No, right. Like, okay, you know, as you're saying that, what are you feeling inside? Are you still raging (laughs) or frustrated? Right. Or do you you feel a sense of, I can do this? You know, I, it's sort of, I can tell that I've done my work and that I, that I did therapy when I was younger because. I mean, you know, before even parenting, because these are, these are things that are just good for your mental health anyway. Like I was just talking with my daughter who took a CNA test and wasn't sure she passed it or not. And she was like stressing out about getting her grades and I'm texting back and forth with her, like, cause I knew she passed, but she goes into that awfulization or like, you know, catastrophizing. And I can, you know, I can do that. We, we all can do it. Like, oh, what if my kid ends up in jail? What if my kid ends up killing somebody? What if, you know, burns the house down, whatever. Um, Cause I've been there. And you know what, as soon as I go there, I kind of like stop and I'm, I just am like, nope, just don't, don't even go there. You know, like you put on the brakes with the emotions. Yeah. That's good. You know, it makes yeah. me think I was listening to a podcast, um, Simon Sinek. And it was nothing about this, but um, back, like, again, it's that disengage. He was saying, you know, in order to engage, you almost have to disengage or in order to be successful, you have to step back. And there was something, you know, somebody said earlier on, this isn't mine, but, you know, in order to get power in this, you have to give up your power or give up that control. That's how you get it, you know? And so it's that stepping back and however you, are able to get there, you know, or when you're able to get there, but that's where, you know, you do, you don't necessarily get control of the situation, but I think you said it earlier, Chris, with, um, you know, the self-compassion or focusing on yourself, at least you can start to go back to you. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And stop giving up all that anger and stress and to the situation. It's yeah. It's kind of a practice. You know, it really is. I'm not saying I don't get angry. I mean, I just got angry earlier today after we got his report card and there were keys on it. I was just like, yeah, Yeah. right. Here's what I can tell you then. He's going to pass. There's no child left behind. He's going to go on. I know. I know. But then what, what it'll do though, see, this is where it hooks me. And this will be another topic for another time. (laughs) Okay. Because, um, you know, my husband made the comment, like, because I said, you know, you, you may not pass high school if, you know, if you're not going to, if you're going to get D's. And my husband was like, well, actually, he can pass with D's. And I was just like, <laughs> oh, why did you say that? <laughs> you know, like the look. I know, oh, like, for sure. Now he's going to only get D's because yeah. he knows yeah. that the bar is low. Cha-ching. <laughs> Right, right. So the way that it, the way that it takes its toll on your relationships and your marriage, because I know that's what my kid banks on. It's like knowing dad's going to say, oh, you know, try to kind of rescue or whatever. Yeah. Um, 
because I know he's perfectly capable if he puts his mind to it and he kind of plays the plays the system and right. yeah but yeah. I just walk away and I'm like oh it's not worth your it's not worth your mental health going down the tubes but I did pour myself a glass of wine amen <laughs> yeah you know I know that I learned this decades ago before children you know whatever but after last year, 2021, I did a lot of therapy, just myself. And, you know, really when you have a rad kid, you, when it's, you got to dig deep into your past. And I have a traumatic past to begin with. I mean, and it just, I didn't realize it at the time. I thought I had this poster child child that my parents were great. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, you know, one of five kids and I'm the only one that lived, there's that whole thing surrounding that all my, you know, just all kinds of junk. But I remember really struggling with a child that I remember struggling with a relationship one of my children was in and everything was fine in the first year when they were, it was one of my sons and a girlfriend and they, you know, everything was great. Everything was fine. And then all of a sudden I'm the problem. There's all, you know, so I'm thinking, okay, what do I need to fix? Okay. So I make this change. It's not good enough. We, we, you know, we modified the situation. We, and every time I kept making changes, it was never good enough. And one of my very good friends was like, um, she's an adult and she can X, Y, Z. If she doesn't like, you don't have to fix it. What are you teaching your daughter? Like that, you know, you want your kids to ask for what they need. And if this other adult in her life is not saying what she needs, how is that, you know, working out? And then you're running around and you're crazy. So when I'm talking to my therapist, she goes, you know what my husband and I used to do? We used to make a game of like, if, if we had a relative coming over that drove us crazy or that it's like the drinking game. Every time, every time mom says, well, or whatever, you know, right. you take a drink. She goes, so we would be like, let's see how many times so-and-so is going to say how he's the greatest. Right. <laughs> and she goes, and then my husband and I would just smile and chuckle at each other. So we did that with this situation that this relationship my son was in. And so the first time we're like, okay, what are we waiting for? Let's see how long it takes her to X, Y, Z. And so the first time we're like, like, it's the like reaction, like, did you see it? You know, or whatever. And so I kind of laugh now because I'm like, got my husband to the point where like, what's today going to hold? Let's see what we're going to come up with today. And so just, you know, he's like, did you talk to you know your, your son today? And I'm like, no, why? And he's like, I just wondered, I haven't heard from him either. I was waiting to see what was going to happen today. And it's like, we do that with so many relationships now because it's, if. I remember in direct sales, it was like, I didn't want to ask for things. Like I didn't want you to have a party with me or whatever. And they're like, just ask to get a no, count your no's, try to get 10 no's today. And I'd be like, oh, okay. So when somebody would say yes, I'm like, wait, ah, dang it. Now I got to ask for another no. You know, like I got to keep asking because I don't have my 10 no's, but it's like, now I'm like, okay, how many, like I'm waiting for it. So I'm anticipating. So with your son, you can be like, see how many D's we're going to get this time. And then you'll be all excited because he was successful. I love <laughs> got see. Right. I right. Love that. It totally shifts your perspective. That it is, does. I love that. Right. You and just anticipate it. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Rather than setting yourself up over and over again, because you know, what's going to happen. Yeah. And it, it doesn't mean you change your, your expectations haven't changed. It's just, you're just being okay. real at this point. Yeah. Being you're real just, and coping for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's I okay. It's okay. And I think, you know, we just like our kids are all about control. I find as a parent, I was always trying to control or, or like you say, a rescue and that's control. And, 
And again, it comes back to that letting go, but that's a great way to, um, yeah, kind of make light of it and it's going to happen, right? We, how many times have I tried to instill something or change and it still hasn't, uh, you know, and by this point, like Tracy learn, you know, it's not happening, but just to be able to, you know, turn it into yeah. at least something fun. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Or amusing. We like to tease around here because my husband's short and he's like, um, he's like, it's like asking me to become a basketball player. Like, there's no way I'm going to become a basketball player. You can want me to be taller, but I'm not going to. And it's kind of like the same with our kid. Like, he is not going to like, he's not going to get like human interaction in the way that Mm-mm. we grew up with. Because right. like, yeah, I, I think Heather, your comment earlier about traumatic brain injury yeah, these kids, their brains are different. They're like wired this way. And it's so hard to like, keep remembering that because you just so want the normal. Yeah, you want the normal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I hate it when people like, if he was in a wheelchair, you wouldn't expect him to just get up and walk. No, but if he's in a wheelchair, it would remind me every day that he can't just Right. I'm not trying to be mean. I would never wish that. I don't mean that, but it's like, I've said over and over again, the invisible disabilities are the ones that are the hardest because nobody sees it. And it's a completely, it's like a child who has maybe autism and and is just functioning, you know, a a 13 year old kid that's functioning at a three-year-old level and is having a complete meltdown in the restaurant. And people are looking at the parents and you're like, he's doing the best he can. Like he isn't able to be this age. So it looks like it's just the body of this person, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's hard because people, you know, they can walk and talk and they're, they look like everybody else. Right. So you expect the same thing, but it's kind of like, I mean, I look at in the mirror and I'm like, you're almost 52. Holy smokes. But inside, I don't feel almost 52. And I remember my dad, like I'm 70, but I still feel like, you know, I'm 40 or whatever. And like, he'll say, my mom passed away many years ago. And I would say, you know, like, dad, you can like go out and get a girlfriend. He goes, well, the sad story is I don't realize that I'm really this old. And so the girls I'm looking at are like 25 and that's creepy to them. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah. yeah. Okay. You know, yeah. and like, even, even in my marriage, I will, I do not see what everyone else, I do. I don't see my husband the way others see him. I still see the man that I met and married 20 six years ago. And so, yeah, you know, we have a gray hair here or there, but I still envision <laughs> more than here or there, but go on. <laughs> I got a lot of wisdom. <laughs> I still see that person, you know, I still, yeah. that's what I see. And so it's funny. Cause I'll go, all right, well then let's go out and see. Cause I don't ever want to date. I don't want to have to go in the dating pool. No, that's just slimy and gross, but whatever. But I think, okay, let's go. Let's just we're out with our friends, you know, I'll be out shopping or something. I'm like, what are the guys you're looking at? You know, like, Oh, and then you're looking at like, I don't think I would date him. And he's your age. You know, he's like, he's so old. Uh, <laughs> I know the reality. Oh man. I know. Yeah. You know and, and, yeah. So I think those, those things, like they're these, we're this shell and inside we're something different. Yeah. You know, I, I had to tell a mom the other day, I go, you're going to come back. You're going to be okay. But the old mom, the old you is never coming back. It's no. just a new you. 
some of the old things will come back and some will be better and some might not be as great, but the old you is gone. It, yeah. you, you can't have brand new tires on your vehicle and drive it. Right. The minute you drive it, those are used tires. You're just changing and evolving and you're, yeah. you will be back. You will be back and you will laugh again and yeah. it will be okay. But right yeah. now it sucks. Yeah. The little person inside of you is like, I want out of my jail. I want to yeah. have fun. I know. But it's so, you know, I, I'm glad that you brought that up. And I know, Tracy, you brought up earlier, too, you know, looking at your yourself now and you used to be happy-go-lucky and, um, you know, just kind of have more levity in your life. Because, I, I mean, I look back, too, at how my personality used to be so bubbly yeah. and how I miss, I miss her so much. But I've got a wisdom now, like, like I can smell manipulation like a freaking oh. hound dog, you know, yeah. like I can see it everywhere. I can see it in the workplace, you know, like I can read people. I think the yes. problem we inherited like really heightens your ability to understand human relations. Understand. And I still get frustrated. Like, I feel like my triggers are now like from anybody because I can recognize that so much passive aggressiveness, anything. Uh -huh. So if I have a conversation, I am practicing my skills because to just like be able to tolerate it and work through it. But yeah, I get, I still get triggered by that, by other people now. Mm -hmm. I know. Right. Yeah. And it's almost like, I liken it to being like really um, sensitive to the sun or like, you know, sunburn. Because when we're around trauma, like, like I can only handle, like, you know, I work in the hospital. I used to carry a pager and I used to have it in the evenings. And I had to tell my supervisor, I can't do this anymore because I, it was affecting my life. Like, cause I had PTSD. I didn't even realize I had, it was undiagnosed. Now it's diagnosed right. from raising a kid with red, but like, you know, like um, you just, live in the world in a different way. And uh, I don't think most people are, are equipped to deal with this kind of stuff again. And, but we are, you know, it's like we were thrown in and, you know, you, you learn as you go and yeah, uh, it is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's been good chatting. Oh, sorry. I was yeah. going to end it. <laughs> no, 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 that's great. I'm like, I mean, that was probably go on and on such all night long, you know? Oh, me too. I know. That's why there's going to be more than one of these <laughs> because yeah, there's so much. So and I love so... that analogy though, about being sensitive, like to the yeah. sun, that same kind of thing, because, but yeah. I have also, I have to say like, it has given, you know, getting your own therapy and then dealing with these kids and having to manage more than most and and most of the time unequipped or early on unequipped, right? Like I had no, no idea, no tools, whatever. But so even though I do, I'm sensitive and I get triggered, I can handle it a lot better, but it's also easy to see other people's trauma. Mm -hmm. Do you find that? Yes. Mm -hmm. Big time, big time. And, and then I have to kind of step back and withdraw judgment, but it's hard not to, because you see what you see and you know what you know, and you can't unknow what you know. Right. So, you know, and, and, you know, I don't yeah. know what you know. Yeah. I can't unsee that. No, yeah. that was great. That was great. You know where I've always struggled? Like 
knowing what I know now. Mm. I know my mom's history and I know that she had rad, like right. beyond a shadow of a doubt. I know that she was the rad. But what's ironic is she didn't, it's like adversity in like football players, you know, like all the, that's a generalization and I'm sorry, but a lot of really great athletes come from adversity. Like they're rising above, you know, I'm not going to be in the same situation. I'm not going to live this life. I want better successful people, whether they're athletes or not. And I think, how did you, how did you have this thing? That's the same as my children have and you rose above. And so I remember even my dad, bless his heart. He'd be like, People of my generation have this, you know, we just got over it and da, 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 da. And I'm like, you're right. Like, why can't we now? Like, that's why I think where I struggle. Like, you see what's going on around you. It's not right. You're not doing what everyone else is doing. But then it's like, why aren't they learning? Like, do you want to continue to live like this? I just don't. It's really hard for me to put all those pieces together. And I know Legend even said, like, he knew it was different. He felt different. He just couldn't do what his brothers were doing or whatever. And I'm like, then how come some people can? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and what makes us, but I kind of laugh because all of us here, if I ask this question, it's because it's been asked to me a multiple million times, which if you knew now, if you knew then what you know now, would you do it again? And I'd love to tell you no, but yeah, I would. You know why? Because I'm one of those people that if you throw me a challenge, I'm going to take it and I can do this. And even if I knew what I now now know, if I knew that back then, I would still probably have the, you know, we all have that mentality, like it's cancer. I'm not going to get it. Oh, I'm, you know, smoking all the time, but I'm not, I'm not smoking, but you know, I'm not (laughs) going to get cancer. It's not going to affect me. It's not going to happen to me. Yeah. And the me, and it's like, we take this challenge and, you know, we're fighters. That's why we're here talking about this and Mm. and sharing this but it's our personalities and I think I wish I could have been some days I wish like you said like we have more money I mean I would have two grown kids and be as empty nester I wouldn't Mm. be living this life with an eight almost eight year old at my house and she could be my grandchild you know like but I wouldn't trade it I'm yeah definitely want to give that wrong impression but well and see I don't know if I would if I if knew you what I do it again now, I know that I can do it and I know I can get through hard things. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, I think Heather, you That's were talking point. about how you had that neighbor that you judged. Well, Hey, you know, the, our kids came to us from a disrupted event from our daughter and a previous, mm-hmm. they were supposed to be the foster adoptive family. Right. And that mom was a, I didn't know. And I don't think she knew she was a rad mom, but And I remember the reason that they were, you know, not keeping the kids and transitioning them to us was, you know, a certain event. And I remember thinking that doesn't make sense, but really for that, what? Um, And the the mom, when she was talking to me on the phone, a mile a minute, you know how we go (laughs) when you're in it, you're like, Um, and uh, I just remember thinking this lady, you know, I judged her. I thought how, how awful, why, why couldn't you really for that? And, you know, just, and even the, the social workers, the caseworkers were like, oh, this mom, and, you know, she loves this kid more than this one. And, you know, just kind of painting that picture, nobody understood. So no judgment, but, um, but then looking back 
and knowing what I know now, I, I see her and I think kudos to you because you had the balls to say, I can't handle this. I can't do this. Yep. I can't do yep. this. And I don't care, but here you go. Be, but goodbye. I can't, this is too disruptive to me, probably her entire family. They had other kids and whatever. And I didn't have that. I took on like, well, you know, how do you, and I always say this, it's not like taking a dress back that you don't like, you know, I felt that obligation of, well, they're here, right? What do I do? But if I look back, um, knowing what I know now, I, I think I wouldn't have. And not that I don't, but I'm here. So I can't even look at it that way. And that sounds terrible because maybe I wouldn't have, because I don't know. If I, I used to have. say, I would, I, don't I know used to I say, I used to say I would never do it again. I would not. Yeah. If you yeah. told me then what I know now, I would not do it. And then I, I kind of changed because I think what really kept me in it, because that was the same thing for our son's foster to adopt mom. I mean, she just bowed out like, because she understood she was in over her head and mm-hmm. I'm too stubborn to see that. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I think, I mean, at first, you know, you're angry and and you think, well, of course he's doing this. You're doing X, Y, and Z. And Mm -hmm. yeah, there were a multitude of things she could have done differently, but I can't even turn around and tell you specific instances that happened in our lives for the last 12 years, except for near drowning and breaking my foot. Other than that, and I I even now will go to one of my other kids and I'm like, did it really happen? And he's like, yes, mom, it really happened. I'm like, okay, because because they're the most bizarre psychological abuse yeah. crap. It's, I mean, if you have a, I, it sounds terrible, but like, if you have a kid that's violent physically, yeah. amen, people are going to see that because yeah. it's the Ted Bundy's of the world that are the yeah. ones that really mess with you, you know? And I think yeah. I couldn't even explain it. Just like that mom, like your the other foster mom that your kids were at, like she could one, it, you're going to give me one instance and this is it, but it's so much leading up to it. Yeah. So many little things, you know, yeah. so many little things that just build and build and build. And you realize I am in over my head. And I think now that I'm thinking of, I don't think I would, but I'm in a good place now. So it's easier for me to say that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I do love in a way, like it's, it's, I've grown, you know, I don't know if I would have done the work on myself that I've done Right. Um, or be here. So, and, and I do love both of my kids, you know, but mm-hmm. there were, I guess, so I guess if I'm looking at right now, no, I wouldn't, I would do it again. But there were points where if you asked me this a year ago or two years ago, I don't yeah. think so, but I would have said it cause I felt like I had to. Right. And I, I am glad nobody told me there was another way. I mean, right. because I think having I didn't feel like I had that door. I didn't, I didn't know that I could give them back and not lose my other children. And it's not that simple. I know, but I thought, you know, that part of what kept us together that long is that I still had children at home that were underage. And I just immediately thought if I call anyone, they're going to take all my children and I can't lose everyone. So I will just sacrifice. And so you just, you know, and I, but I look back and I'm thinking, thank God, nobody told me that because if I didn't known that then, like, yeah. this is just the moment they said, the other mom said, I don't want him anymore. I was appalled. And the minute yeah. my husband and I decided this is what we're going to do. There's no going back. Yeah. Like it is a done deal. 
Yeah. And so I, I never realized I, I could. I See, I think if, I, and I didn't either. Yeah. And I yeah. had a, a really insightful friend who, um, you know, she used to work with kids a lot. And I remember her saying, just seeing it from a different point of view, thinking that, you know, our, the, the whole philosophy is keep these kids together, their siblings, keep them together. But she was really insightful and thought, no, you know what? They should have split them up because both of them would have done better and probably been in better places. And so would we have, and so would, or that mm-hmm. other family. Um, and because I don't think any of us got what we needed. Right. And I, I think everybody did the best. Right. But, um, and, and I used to think that, that, and I know, I think I've heard a lot of moms tell me too, that, you know, I'm not the right mom. Maybe I'm not the right mom. They needed this kind of mom or that kind of mom. And I felt that way too, but, um, it's not true. You know, it's, it's you, but I was able to see, like when I learned about you know, programs, it's not just second chance, but programs like that, or options that you have. Um, I think that I would have done that, but not just because of, oh, I can't handle this, but because I think as a parent, you see what would be better for your child. And yeah, I think that would have been better, better. Yeah. It's like they live with their, even if they're siblings and they didn't abuse each other, they live with the reminder of the abuser all the time. You never get rid of that. And it's like, it's like living like Chris, I mean, for you, it's like living with this constant reminder of Mm -hmm. being an amputee. Like it's forever going to be there. And it's like, it's hard to work really hard. I mean, you work really hard to get beyond that feeling and that anger and all that that goes around, you know, that surrounds it to get to the point where it doesn't bother you. And we're grown people, you know, we have for the most part, probably neurotypical minds. I mean, I don't think anybody is completely not crazy. And I used used to say, I'm going to mess up my kids just to keep therapists in business. I mean, I'm doing the best I can. I'm not perfect, you know? So all all hail therapists, like (laughs) I will keep you in business for life. (laughs) But you know, Chris, do you have any thoughts? Like, did you? Yeah. Well, you I, was just, yeah. The fifth? I was just <laughs> thinking, you know, like there are all these facets of who we are and, and where we are changed by this experience. Like it's changed me in some ways that I really like, and it's changed me in some ways that I really don't like. Mm. And there's no, like, I mean, that depends on when, you, when a person would ask like if we do it again like on the day because yeah. if my husband and I just had a big old you know knock down drag out argument I'm going to be like no this thing this has affected our marriage and you know my and my husband um you know we got together because we were very similar and we had a lot of fun together and rad life isn't fun life right, right. so there's a lot more kind of darkness in our world than I would like, but it's also changed us in some ways that like has, has made us deeper and, you know, like our, our relationships more real too. Mm. I don't know. It's, it's so hard to say, you know, like yes. I think about the patients that I know who have like spinal cord injuries and things like that. And of course, no one is going to ask for a spinal cord injury. And some people are going to be, you know, just cursing their lives until for the rest of their lives. Like, you know, mm-hmm. they'll be angry. Other people will say, you know, 
I really, my life is a lot more rich than I'd ever imagined it would be. You know, I'll say the same thing about me, you know, like after my accident, you know, being an amputee, like I've met some amazing amputees that have these amazing stories that I would have never, ever met before. Or like talking with you ladies, like, you know, my gosh, think about the bond that we've got with other parents, right? Yeah. I think it's just really to meet people who develop this strength through their experiences that, you know, that has like pushed people beyond where we ever thought we would be. There's something cool about that. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It's like a diamond. It, yeah, yeah. That's a good, really good metaphor. A diamond has to be under pressure to become this beautiful thing. Right. I am a diamond. We are some of the most a diamond. I know. I was gonna say. Well, then we are some of the most expensive diamonds. Diamonds. (laughs) Woo! Princess cut. Right. Princess cut. Princess cut. We all glittery. Yeah. Yeah. It's not easy. Rad life is not fun life. Is that what you said? I love that. Yeah, it's not, but it's, uh, but it, there's pressure that creates the diamond, right? Yeah. 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 And, you know, it's true. I, like I think about some of the uh, support groups that we've done and the, the parents that we've met, you know, the couples groups and the individuals. And I'm just like some of the ways people have changed and, you know, like I see, wow, like people have really come together and given each other their expertise and their advice and shared their experiences. And like, that's, the world has gotten so much more um, like individualized that we don't ask for help anymore. And I think that this has kind of at least made me realize that I, I always have needed help, but I never knew how, how to ask for it. And, uh, you know, when rad parents get together and we're all like banging our heads, there's, there's like, um, strength in that. Yeah. Strength. And Heather was saying too, you consider these women that you work with or rad moms friends. And that's exactly what it becomes. It it feels like your friend group is just getting bigger and and bigger because of that sorority. Yeah. Yeah. Sorority because that bond like boom right? You've got other people who understand you and like the three of us just sitting here talking. I mean, we can, yeah, it's just easy and comfortable and closer than acquaintance. Right. Right. Yeah. No no judgment, you know, Um, and really appreciating other people where people have come from and um, well, and then too, you know, back to what you were talking, Heather, like and, and you too, Tracy. I mean, you've both created something, you know, Red Advocates. And that's Amy. I'm just along for the ride. <laughs> but I mean, really, the fact that think about all the people who came to the conference. The conference, yeah. Yeah. And and who are benefiting from the podcast. And yeah. like, think about all the people before, like early on, before the internet and all that stuff. Like I when my accident happened, there was no support. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. thought I was going to be alone forever. Like, and no yeah. one was going to ever get me. <laughs> yeah. Ever get this. And right. now people are getting it. People yeah. are getting it. And I think we lose track of, as, as a society, like one of my neighbors a long time ago said, I'm just, I try when I'm going through something, I try to find someone who's a few steps ahead of me and I hold on to their coattails. Oh. And I just try to learn like, and I think that's all I'm doing in, in 
like it with rad advocates, like any of that is just, I'm, there's gotta be purpose in the pain. And for me, I have to like, know that I didn't go through something in vain. I didn't do this for no reason. So I'm going to help if I can help pull you along or I'm going to learn, I'm learning from, you know, somebody who's ahead of me in it. Like we're all in different phases and stages, but just grabbing on and I don't know it all. And I get one little bit of nugget, you know, and I'm like, Oh, yay! I learned something today, you know? Yeah. And that's a good point because that often happens. Like what you were saying is everybody's at a different point. Like, you know, you're at a point where, you know, your son has been out of the house or is out of the house and mine's been out of the house, but now transitioning on their own. And then, you know, kids with littles and, and teenagers and different stages and girls and boys. Um, it is nice. And when you get a group of people together that can all talk, you can kind of, you, you help each other. Right. I'm trying to look ahead or rely on people to help you when you get to that point or where you're at in the moment. I'm trying to look at, there's, there's a song and it says like, when you're six, when you succeed, turn around and help the next person, Mm -hmm. you know, like the person behind you. And I was trying to look at it or look for it really quick because it's like, that's the thing, like staying humble, staying, that's the name of the thing. Who who sings this? Tim McGraw. McGraw yeah. Kind. yeah, but you know, like when you get to when you get to the top, turn around and help the next person. Yeah, it says, and when you get to where you're going, don't forget to turn back around and help the next one in line. Right, yeah. and it's like that's how we get up with help. We aren't Sad. we aren't created to be here by ourselves. Nope. Ah, no, no, oh. relational. You know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We need the sisterhood. Yeah. <laughs> we need like some sorority symbol. Yeah. Yeah. True. I, I wasn't in a sorority growing up. I didn't go to college. Me long, I know. So. But I was thinking, you know, what is it? Is it rush week when they like make you do all those things? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> rush life is what this uh, is. Yes. Life. Oh yeah. Oh. But I will tell you the number of people that even that reach out to us and they're like, we listen to podcasts and oh my goodness, I just realized there's other people out there like me. And I'm like, it's amazing. Like even listening for me, like even even legend was like, I need to talk to that girl that was just on. I didn't know there were other kids like me. And I'm like, <laughs> I know. What? You don't think yeah. there's other kids that have been through what you've been through? Like it's like having a rare disease because it kind of is, yeah, right? Those rare is, diseases. Yeah. And there's like, you know, six people in a country that have it and they finally right. find the right doctor and come together and have each other. But that's, yeah. and that's it's not even rare. It's just a big like fat that. secret. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. Well, and like Shame. you said, like there are so many people in retrospect where you realize that they had an attachment disorder, yeah. like, and it wasn't called that back then, but whether it's addiction or, you know, some, a personality disorder or whatever, like the root is, is an attachment. And some people go to their deathbed, you know, never realizing that those deep, deep wounds started long ago. I mean, I see patients all the time that are like in liver failure from alcoholism or, you know, overdosed on drugs or whatever. And then when you listen to their stories, it's like, oh my gosh, like, of course, 
Of course, course they have an attachment disorder because of, yeah. you know, you find out like whatever it was like, you know, dad left their lives or, you know, whatever, you know, like it, things happen. Yeah. I mean, life can be really traumatizing for people, regardless of if they were an orphanage or not, or yeah. foster care. And um, yeah, yeah, it's just, it's a really big, it's like a Pandora's box, isn't it? It is. It is. And remembering that it's not even adopted foster. I mean, you can, biological kids can suffer, you know? And it's like, I always think of the moms, like when, how, how even more isolating that must feel because you don't, that's not even like, it's unfathomable. Like, and it could be medically, you know, the yeah. child's in the NICU, I mean, for three, four months right. and that's all part of their wiring, you know? And it's like none of fault of your own. And here you are, you were dealt like a really crappy hand in the poker game. Yeah. Well, we actually have some friends that they, they had twins that were in the NICU and <sighs> one of the twins had, had um, behaviors a lot like our son. And, um, and she ended up, she had um, cerebral palsy and, uh, and the mom would make these comments about like just the lack of initiative or determination to like seize life. The other twin didn't have that. And, um, and you could just see the inertia taking over this, the body of this kid. Cause I was like, you know, you, and we had, we had another person in one of our support groups that was talking about um, some physical manifestations of the way that the attachment challenges presented. And it's just like, whoa, once you start like peeling away the layers of the onion, you see mm. so much of how this works its way into people's lives like yeah and like you said it doesn't have to be um it could be biological yeah. or whatever yeah. yeah yeah i just we all just need to not, it just needs to be well it's preaching to the choir and i'm on my soapbox about awareness like yeah let's quit let's not even care how it got here let's just learn to take care of it yeah i don't yeah. care how they got whatever I mean, I do care, but let's fix it. Let's help them. Let's make the system better so that we don't have this. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, we have that's like a thousand, yeah, chats because, yeah, system <laughs> and- uh, Oh, we're in for the long haul on this. We're guy. in for the long haul. Yeah, that's that's next that's time. Another conversation. That's a series, three. Heather. <laughs> exactly. Right? Oh, there's so much we could talk about. I know it's been fun though. It's been good. It's a good start. Thanks. I love it. You guys, this is a great idea. I love it too. Yeah. I think this is going to be really fun. Me too. And we're sorry, listeners, if you can't keep up, (laughs) (laughs) your signals are going everywhere. We're going all over the place. We'll we'll, we'll rein it in. We'll we'll rein it in. Yeah. 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 This was good. Yeah. And there's so many, uh, you know, opportunities to bring up other topics. I mean, is that something that can, can people like give suggestions, like of things yeah. that they want? To yeah, I think that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I think we covered about what, 50 things. In this. Yeah. <laughs> and I think if you were able to keep up and you could associate, you're in the, you're in the sorority, right? That's there. right. Like, that's the only rush yeah. week right there. Right. You didn't think we were crazy. <laughs> Tolerated over an hour with us. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the overview. Yeah. That's a great idea, Chris. I think uh, anybody who that's wants a good idea. to send in um, ideas for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be almost like 
being a comedian, like just throwing random topics at you. And let's that's see. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's going to be good. Yeah. That please, please write in, tell us some topics yeah. to talk right? about. <laughs> yeah. So email, what would it be? Talk with Tracy at gmail.com or go on the Facebook page and let us know. Yeah. Yep. Great. Okay. Thanks for listening, everyone. And I hope you'll be back to listen to future episodes. If you like the show, please subscribe and help me spread the word by clicking share and like. If you're a parent who needs more support, whether it's for you or your family, please check out my website at radtalkwithtracy.com and visit radadvocates.org.